if you had a long time horizon, an index product is, is a great way to get diversified exposure while not having to take a bunch of taxable events by like trying to kind of swim around and, and you know, chase different different kind of narratives and pumps and dumps um, yourself. So if, if you can buy something that, that gives you diversified exposure, that lowers the volatility a little bit, that you can feel more comfortable just holding and not selling when it goes down, that's how you win. Welcome to Steady Lads. In this episode, I interview Young Cruz from Index Coop. Index is a protocol that builds on-chain index funds. Traditional index funds are worth around $11 trillion. That's around 25% of the total stock market. And I believe in the future, we'll see something similar in crypto where a huge chunk of money sits in crypto index funds. That's because investing in crypto is hard and complicated, and people like easy and not complicated. And crypto index funds make it so that with one click, someone can own a basket of assets and get exposure to a trend, narrative, or sector that they're interested in in the crypto space. And I think that Index Coop is primed to potentially fulfill that role and wanted to do this podcast so that I can learn more about how they operate and where they're going next. Just to start it out, can you introduce yourself and just like who you are and how you relate to Index? Sure. Yeah, my name's Cruz. Go by at the Young Cruz uh, on all platforms on the internet. Um, I'm the ecosystem growth lead at Index Cooperative. Um, I've been with Index since the spring of 2021, so coming up on three years here. Uh, at Index, we build on-chain structured products. Uh, so you can think of it as uh, you buy an Index token and get you exposure to a bundle of assets or a particular strategy. We've got a few different categories of of products. But um, like I said, you know, I've been on the growth team for three years to do marketing, communications, partnerships uh, across the team. We're a team of about 12, so you've got to wear many hats. Well, you kind of went into it a little bit there, but can you kind of just give a brief overview of kind of everything that Index Coop encompasses? Am I saying that right? Is it, is it co-op or Coop? Formerly Index Cooperative. Uh, the Coop for short is a fun little uh, shorthand. We like to lean into our owl imagery. Uh, I believe a Coop is really only for chickens or hens. But <laughs> we, we like to shorten Cooperative to, to Coop for fun. Well, perfect. Can you give like an overview of, of Index uh, Coop Co-op and just kind of what the, the whole system encompasses? Yeah, the best way to walk through it is to kind of take you through the, the history of, of where we came from. So we were launched in October of 2020 by two partners. Um, Set Protocol, the ones who built kind of the underlying tech stack um, that all of our, our products kind of operated on. We've since upgraded it, but they're, they're one of the founding partners. And then the second founder would be DeFi Pulse who kind of an, an analytics company that kind of were the founders of uh, TVL, Total Value Locked as a metric, one of the biggest metrics in DeFi that kind of just um, shows you how many assets are locked into a particular DeFi protocol. So those two married together, Set Protocol had this underlying tech stack for building index tokens. Um, index tokens, of course, you buy the simple token and gets you exposure to a bundle of assets um, underneath. And then DeFi Pulse was kind of the analytics or methodologist for our first product, the DeFi Pulse Index, which is a market cap weighted index of the top DeFi tokens. Um, it's on Ethereum. So all of our products are ERC-20 tokens that are redeemable for the underlying assets. And DeFi Pulse and Set Protocol came together to launch this DPI index at the tail end of DeFi summer in 2020. Um, it was really the first index token of any kind to be launched uh, on chain. And IndexCoop was launched as kind of the, the growth marketing arm for this new product that had just been you know, brought to market. So we were to be kind of perform the, the rebalancing uh, of the product as well as do all the growth marketing business development for that product. Uh, and since then we've launched many, many more products. Um, and 
set protocol has given the keys to, to us, to the protocol. We've since forked it, created index protocol. Essentially, they're no more. And DeFi Pulse, no more as well. Index Cooperative is now building our own on-chain structured products in a variety of categories. Uh, we began with that market cap weighted index of, of DeFi. We've expanded to leverage products, other sector products, some yield-bearing products, and we can get into the rest of the, those categories here today. But that's kind of the, the overall, what is Index Cooperative? Where did it come from? I actually didn't know a lot of that stuff. I, I knew you guys were related to SET. I actually thought you guys were still tied into them. So that's really interesting history lesson about the history of index. What um, you mentioned some of the indexes, what total products do you guys like? Uh, can you go through the different products you guys have and kind of explain each one? Sure. Yeah. So like I mentioned, DeFi Pulse Index is like the simplest um, category of a product. It's just a, an index, a sector index, kind of similar to what you may see in a traditional finance world where you buy um, you know, a structured product that gives you exposure to a particular sector, maybe a theme of companies. The, the next one we went to launch was our first leveraged product, ETH2X Fly. What that does it is it gives you 2X exposure to ETH, the underlying asset. Uh, and the way that it does this is by actually using DeFi. The underlying protocol is Compound. It was built on Compound's money market. Uh, what Compound does is it lets you borrow and lend assets right? It's a money market protocol on Ethereum. So the way ETH2X Fly works, you provide ETH as the underlying asset into Compound's money market. You want to get to 2x exposure to that ETH. So what do you do? You borrow stable coins against uh, the ETH and buy more ETH. So ETH2X Fly targets a 2x leverage ratio. It floats around a little bit between 1.7 to 2.3x, but you're floating right around that 2x leverage. Um, so you buy this ETH2X Fly token, you get double the exposure to ETH. If ETH goes up 5%, ETH2X Fly goes up about 10%. If it goes down 5%, ETH2X Fly goes down 10%. Is the risk of like liquidation with uh, that, that one? So liquidation risk is still in play, but we've got automated risk management built into the product such that if the leverage ratio starts to, to drift too high, you know, again, if it gets to 2.3, it's going to automatically rebalance back towards two. Uh, and the liquidation threshold will be somewhere around 3x leverage. Right. So as soon as it gets to 2.3, we already snap it back down to two for you. So really the value add of these products is automated leverage management. You don't need to worry about watching your liquidation threshold or rebalancing your position the way that you would if you were trying to create that leverage position on Compound yourself by interacting with Compound, you know, with your own wallet, clicking the buttons and whatnot. We've got contracts that do that for you. So that's just one product. You have a bunch more that are, are way different. So that's a very unique, specific product, leverage ETH. Go into some of the other ones. Sure. Um, the next one will be the Metaverse Index. We, we launched that puppy uh, in, the, in the, the spring of 2021 um, when I was just arriving on the scene um, at Index. So what this does is give you exposure to kind of all of the the gaming metaverse decentralized world protocols. The, the OGs in this category were Axie Infinity, Decentraland, and Sandbox. So, you know, kind of the, the, the gaming sector. This one really exploded uh, in late 2021. The, the big kind of uh, marker people will remember was when Facebook changed their name to Meta. Um, that was a very big green candle for the entire metaverse. So it was, it was a really <laughs> good one to own during, during that period. Um, of course, there's been a, a lot of volatility in this, in this sector. Um, a lot of users have exited a lot of those original protocols. So you'll see new names in the Metaverse Index. If you go check it out now uh, on our site, you know, on our marketing site, you'll always see kind of what are all the underlying assets in these indexes because they can change, right? You want to know what you're getting exposure to. Um, current names in there, 
the, there's new stuff. Merit Circle is a really cool one. Uh, kind of their goal is to just kind of proliferate on-chain gaming, broadly speaking. So they do a lot of partnerships. They do a kind of investing within their DAO. They've got a token called MC. Uh, that's one of the top ones in there. There's Render Network. Uh, there's some AI stuff going on in there. Still a really interesting sector. It's obviously very early for, for the metaverse, as evidenced by kind of uh, people will, will roast Zuckerberg and Facebook anytime you see kind of those we looking characters that they put out for, for what the future yeah. of the metaverse looks like. <laughs> you know, famously, the, the visions uh, of the metaverse that some of these tech leaders have haven't quite come to us yet. But, you know, Apple Visual Pro, Apple uh, Vision Pro is coming out soon. It's there's still a lot of a lot of promise there. So you can buy MVI if you want to get broad exposure to the metaverse. Um, we also have a Bitcoin 2x leverage that works the same way the, the ETH one does. So that was obviously really popular in the last couple of weeks um, with the Bitcoin ETF approval um, that happened. You want double exposure to Bitcoin, but on the Ethereum blockchain, you can use our BTC 2x Li token. Um, this year, we'll be, we'll be launching a, a new suite of leverage tokens. We're going to bring back the inverse products for to get inverse exposure to the price of ETH or Bitcoin, um, which, you know, as a kind of a, a neutral provider of structured products. It's nice for us to have a, a product for both bull and bar, bear markets uh, that people can can utilize. So I'm excited to get the inverse ones back on the back on the table. And you guys have like a large cap index. I feel like you have some sort of coin desk product. You have a bankless product. You guys you guys have a lot of different indexes. Um, one thing I always wonder or like when I look at your guys' site is why don't you have more? Like, I know you have a lot, but like, what stops you from doing like, here's an AI index, here's a D-pin index, here's a L2 index. Like, I, I could think of so many like thematic things that people want to tap into those narratives, but they maybe they don't understand what thing to invest into, a gaming index. Um, and, and it seems like that'd be a product that'd be pretty popular uh, because, because again, so many people just literally, they know that maybe crypto and AI, they, they can sense that that could be a really cool thing, but they don't know which ones to buy. They don't really know the difference between, you know, the, maybe this kind of scammy one and the ones that are actually building. So I, I'm curious, like what stops you guys from adding more products um, and, and why are you going at a slower pace? Yeah. What are the constraints to building a new NX is kind of the, the crux of this question. Um, we always say the the three toughest challenges with trying to build an index product are liquidity, liquidity, and liquidity. So for, for <laughs> a lot of these smaller tokens that you may want to include in something like a, a gaming index, an AI index, gaming index is maybe not the best example because there are so many protocols in the gaming. And we kind of just wrap that gaming sector mostly up into the metaverse index. We've explored doing a, a gaming index a few different times, but... Um, so liquidity is the number one challenge, right? There's got to be enough liquidity um, on Ethereum mainnet or on an L2 if we're going to build um, the index on an L2 for people to get in and out of the product safely, right? And not experience huge slippage. Um, so for, for our products, it's all about reducing risk for users. So we're not going to build some index where, you know, you're going to take a huge haircut when you're trying to, to get out of the index um, one day. So we've got pretty pretty robust requirements for how much on-chain liquidity is required um, for a product or for a token to be included. Um, we also have things like a, kind of a Lindy requirement. It's gotta be around for a while. We've gotta know that it's safe, that it's it's not gonna vanish um, one day before you put something, put something into it, a new index. Um, and then there's just too much turnover in a lot of these sectors as well that are like kind of a hot flavor of the months. You, you hear it, you hear it like once every few years, like. You know, why isn't there an AI index? People will, that's one that people will get, um, you know, 
we get a lot of feedback of saying, like, hey, why isn't there an AI in X? And I ask them, like, hey, what would be in it? And one, they don't, usually don't have an answer at all. But if they do, there's a few tokens that are brand new, right? That are not, they're not uh, proven on the market. And if you ask them again six months later, what's in an AI index, it's like a whole new list of tokens that weren't in it eight months ago, right? So um, basically, that's just liquidity still. <laughs> All of that said, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, things like a layer two index, you could have Optimism, Arbitrum. Uh, that one would make sense. Gaming, you have Immutable. Um, you you have there's quite a few big games coming out that would make sense. AI, you're right. Like I, you maybe a Kosh, maybe Tau, but their their on chain liquidity is horrible. So you definitely want to be able to get exposure to that. So I, I, I can see that as like a as a main, maybe something holding back, but. I guess, are you guys thinking that direction of like thematic indexes and saying, you know, like the, like my mom, you know, she, or my, my, you know, grandpa would be like, yeah, I heard about this and just goes and, and buys that. It's actually protecting the user in a lot of ways because if they're not buying, you know, an index from you guys. They are buying those kind of scammy coins that are the flavor of the month and then, you know, get rugged or collapse later down the line. So, um, yeah, is that the you, is that the direction you guys are thinking? Like, you know, as ultimately more on-chain liquidity expands. Yes, thematic indexes are great. Uh, definitely, will always be kind of a, a core tenant of our product strategy. Like you said, simplifying the buying experience um, for investors or for for people that um, want exposure to to assets on chain. They know that they want to buy crypto but they don't know exactly what, and they don't want to spend a ton of time researching it. Like they may not have the um, skill set to kind of do proper due diligence on assets and they may not have the time or, or desire. So like, that's absolutely what we're building for um, in general. Uh, and we, we will build more sector products, but yeah, I mean, for a long time, the, what were the dominant use cases on chain? There's DeFi, there's kind of NFTs, were the, the two huge use cases on Ethereum. Um, we, we built an NFT index, but there, again, there just wasn't enough liquidity to really support it. Uh, so, you know, we, we had to sunset that, that product. But um, when a new use case is is robust and we're, we're sure that there's a market there, then then we'll absolutely try and bring the, the product to market. I should uh, dig in a little bit more to the, the large cap index, I think, uh, that really kind of solves, the gets at this, this use case of, I don't know exactly what to buy, but I know I want exposure to the market. So it's called IC21, the index group large cap index. Uh, and it gives you, you know, weighted exposure to all of the largest tokens uh, that are on chain. So, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum are, are in there, but we've kind of adjusted the methodology to use kind of a, a square root market cap so that they don't dominate the, the index too heavily, right? If you adjust it by market cap, Bitcoin and Ethereum, you're already at like 80% uh, of, of the index. So we use square root market cap, so you get broader exposure to kind of the, the longer tail of, of assets, stuff like Solana, Avalanche, um, et cetera, the, that, that gets you gets you in uh, all the exposure that, that you want. You know, if, if you're unsure exactly what to buy, buy the market uh, is kind of uh, the, the that's what the, the prominence of index products generally has kind of proven over the last several decades in finance. Right. ETFs and low cost indexes, um, you know, proliferated by, by Vanguard. Uh, BlackRock, et cetera, have kind of won financial, um, the financial mindshare over the last several decades. So uh, you guys are almost remind me of like a little BlackRock or something like you guys are out here, you're selling financial products, essentially, and you want to sell the products um, that are, are the safest kind of time proven, but also that people, you know, there's demand for, I can even see things like 
you know, a Solana index. So it's like, um, and you could probably weight heavily if you don't have enough liquidity for certain things. It's like most of the index is in Solana. And then as the ecosystem expands, you kind of uh, expand your allocation into some of these other projects or, or Arbitrum index where you have Arb and then uh, GMX and, you know, some of the bigger protocols. There's so many ways and flavors uh, for you guys to do it that for me, it's like the reason I'm interested in index is it just makes sense to me that eventually in the future, people are not going to want to do like, there's just, there's too many pitfalls of investing into singular tokens and people are lazy. Like look what they do in the traditional markets. They invest in indexes. They don't want to spend time knowing if they should have it in Tesla or Nvidia or, you know, whatever. There's like, I'm just gonna buy an index uh, because I don't know what to do. And in crypto is like a thousand times more complicated than the traditional markets. So what, what, what are people going to inevitably do index products? And I could see like, why, why aren't wallets like Rabi or, or MetaMask saying, Hey, in our wallet, buy an index of these funds, like directly. Why isn't like even Coinbase should, should be plugging into you guys and being like, by the way, uh, buy this index. Like it seems like such a, a successful product uh, for the industry. And that it's almost only a, a matter of time before we see increased adoption. As far as your guys' different products, what's been the most successful so far? What's been the most Well, first, I just want to go back. I want to compare us directly to BlackRock or, or, or those kind of giants in, in um, traditional finance. It's a whole new world on chain. Like we really are just a, a tool set to kind of automate what you could already do yourself um, on chain. Kind of like I, like I mentioned, using the composability of DeFi to our advantage. Um, and I guess that's that's where I'd go to, to answer your your current question here. Like, what has been the most the most successful? Really, the the key for us is not is about not trying to predict what people want, but kind of observing what they're already doing on chain. So the best example of this is the leverage staking trade. Okay, when Ethereum finally merged to proof of stake and you could you could get a yield by staking your ETH, kind of one of the dominant trades beyond just staking ETH, first of all. So, I mean, I guess first I should say staking ETH has been the most popular thing that people want to do on chain, especially on Ethereum, obviously, where kind of our smart contracts reside. So we have a diversified staked ETH index um, that gives you broad exposure to the top liquid staking tokens on, on ETH. It just makes sense to kind of minimize your risk and by not putting all of your eggs in one basket into one particular staking protocol. So you've got like idiosyncratic risk. What if something happens to that one protocol and all of a sudden, you know, all of your, your stake ETH is going to take a huge haircut. So you can diversify it across the top. It's up to like six different staking protocols now in DSE. Um, but what was the next thing that people did after just staking your ETH, which makes a lot of sense to, to go ahead and do, is leverage staking. So people would take their staked ETH their liquid staked ETH, to be more specific. Lido's staked ETH was obviously the first mover in this category, and they have an extremely dominant market share um, because of that, and because it's just it's just a very good product. It works really well. It's got deep liquidity. Um, people would take that Lido staked ETH, deposit it into a money market, like Compound I mentioned before. Aave is obviously another huge one um, that we've integrated with and built products on top of as well. They would take that liquid staked ETH, deposit it into Aave, borrow more ETH against it, and go and stake it again, and then do that again and again and again. Um, we saw that this was kind of the dominant trade in DeFi and we we're like, you know what, we, we can help with that. We can apply that automated risk management, uh, that we have built into our smart contracts that we got a lot of reps with, with our ETH2X fly products that, that gives you leverage exposure to ETH that I mentioned. We've got, when we've done a thousand or more rebalances of that ETH2X fly product, uh, in an automated fashion with no liquidations, excellent success. We said, all right, let's, let's take those contracts and let's build a leverage staking product. So we built ICETH, the interest compounding ETH index. Um, 
that automates that leverage staking trade for you. It's built into Aave. It uses Lido's staked ETH and Aave's money market to give you um, extra exposure to, to staked ETH. And that worked really, really well for a time. Um, I see ETH even passed DPI as the largest index token of any kind by market cap. Um, people have been holding that one for more than two years now, I think, but I, I see ETH products, maybe a little bit less. I think it came out in, in April of, of 2022. That was for sure the, the most popular DeFi strategy that we've been able to kind of tokenize. When I, uh, earlier, when I compared you guys to BlackRock, BlackRock, but minus the corporate structure, right? So what I mean by that is they sell um, products, they sell financial products that make it maybe sometimes easier for the average person to invest in sometimes more complicated things. And so you're essentially taking that sort of concept and putting it um, enshrining it in code. So like it's, and rather than having to have BlackRock in the, in the middle, kind of managing it, mitigating all this, you have this code doing all this for you. And so it's, it's like an on-chain kind of version of, of that same sort of concept uh, is, is what I meant. You mentioned um, you mentioned that the biggest one is the ICE, or that, well, the ICE has been really successful lately. Um, I, I was curious, how do fees work with index? Like, um, do you guys take a percentage of like the fees generated or how does that work? Yeah, we, we have streaming fees on our products. So there's an annual fee that you pay by by holding the product. Uh, again, I love to always use DPI as kind of the example because it's maybe the, the simplest. So there's a streaming fee on DPI of 0.95% or 95 basis points. What that means is you're paying a little bit less than 1% per year for holding DPI. So uh, the way that it's paid is unique uh, because we, you know, we're built uh, on chain with smart contracts. The way that it is paid is kind of through inflation, actually. So when you're able to redeem your DPI for um, the underlying assets, the Uniswap, Aave, Compound, Maker, et cetera, those are the top DeFi tokens uh, by market cap. So that's what's inside the index. You're able to redeem your DPI for those assets at any time. Um, and the way the streaming fee is, is paid is basically we issue new units of DPI to our treasury. Um, that's kind of stated in the, in the smart contract that was deployed when the product was, was first launched on chain. We can't change it, um, the way that that works. And essentially we get new DPI every year based upon how much DPI is outstanding in the market, how much people have bought. Um, so your DPI is worth 0.95% less of those underlying assets per year. And that just kind of accrues naturally on a block by block basis. You'll, you'll never really notice the, the streaming fee. You just hold the DPI, the, you, you don't lose any of the tokens. If you buy 10 units of DPI, you still have 10 units in, in, your, in your wallet, but it's just worth 0.95% less um, every year. Got it. Okay, so it's like uh, less than 1% essentially annually fee which is very comparable or, or lower than, you know, most TradFi products, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, and way lower than most DeFi fees. Um, a lot of people don't really know the fees that they're playing, paying when they, when they use, um, you know, DeFi products, protocols, because people are kind of, um, there's a large culture of kind of YOLOing it in crypto, DGEN culture, people's DGEN scores are even celebrated. Um, maybe don't, they'll read the fine print too much, when you're using um, perpetual futures, for example, really, really high fees there. But yeah, we, we've got much lower fees than kind of those sort of DeFi pro protocols. And, and yeah, it looks a little bit like what, what you've seen 
uh, be successful in traditional finance in terms of low cost index products. Yeah, even when you're doing a swap, I mean, you're paying fees in that swap that you don't even notice the DEX fees, you don't notice the fees you're maybe paying in MetaMask, uh, you don't notice the fees as far as like slippage, like most pe people aren't paying attention to these things. I think some of that has to do with the fact that like, you know, maybe in TradFi, you're like, cool, I'm, I'm going to make 10% this year. And so 1% fees, that's a big chunk. That's like one tenth of what you're going to make all year. Where in, in crypto, you're like, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to, <laughs> I'm hoping to 100x on this one. So you don't really, you don't really care if you're paying a 1% fee. Yeah, even um, on centralized exchanges, right? Like, uh, it's not quite traditional finance, but on, on Coinbase, if you're just using kind of the normal swap inter interface, you're paying at least 1% usually. Um, but people are like, all right, well, my return target is 10x. So I don't care, whatever. And, you know, sometimes that works. If you if you if you catch an up move, then right, you, you, know, you paid 1%, but do you care? No. Um, but, you know, we, we, we try to charge a, a competitive and very fair fee. You know, our goal is to build the the index products that we would recommend to our friends and family that kind of just just simplify people's um, ease of life in navigating crypto. I recommend people to index all the time. I'm like, hey, you don't know what to invest into? Just go to index, go get their, you know, go get one of their index products that suits what you're looking for. And that's a great way to get started. And you know, you could essentially go, hey, put money in Bitcoin or ETH. And then after that, to me, it's put money in index. And then, you know, if you want to do some research and really get in the space, you can go down and invest in whatever you're looking to. What, how much have you guys been able to make off fees so far? Like how much you guys typically make annually? Yeah, obviously it's dependent on, on market conditions. I think our, our total um, TBL kind of assets and index products right now are less than 100 million. So, you know, roughly 1% uh, of TBL is kind of a good uh, barometer for, for what our, our fees are. So we've made a few million in, in total. Um, I, I believe we've hit 2 million, but we certainly have, have hit a, a million dollar year you know, at the, the high water mark of our, of our assets, we're over 550 million uh, at kind of the peak of the last bull market. Uh, and of course, has kind of uh, bled down a, a bit from from there. And we're just starting to see things pick back up with uh, the crypto winter defrosting. So your guys' kind of path to success is, you know, uh, you want ideally as many assets under management as possible. So, you know, 10 billion, 50 billion, 100 billion one day, like that would be ideal to you is is getting as many um, getting as many people invested into these index as possible. And that's the way that index coop makes, um, you know, increases the revenue. Is there any other ways to increase the revenue outside of that? Yeah. And I wouldn't call it, again, assets under management, because in this new uh, on-chain world, self-custody is the name of the game, right? So we don't we don't control anyone's anyone's funds. We don't manage any funds. But uh, yeah, there are other. So for our leverage products, especially, we've got mint and redeem fees, um, as well as kind of those streaming fees. So, you know, the mint and redeem fee sounds like it would probably be pretty self-explanatory. But when you mint new Unix of the index of the leverage token or redeem it, right, cash it out, you're going to pay another kind of small fee. Uh, again, it's it's far less than than 1%. It's less uh, by kind of BIPs than the streaming fee. So I think... 10, 25 bips or, or so you're going to pay uh, in a, on a mint and redeem fee for, for our leverage products, uh, as well as the CDETI ETH Trend Index product that we just launched with Coindesk. That one has a mint and redeem fee on it as well. What would you say is the biggest thing that's been holding back adoption for something like these products? Yeah, it's definitely the culture of the early adopters who are here on chain. Um, people want to take their own risks. People want to be degenerates. <laughs> um, and I think 
people think that they can beat the market because they are this early adopter that's here on chain while, you know, they're, their uncle, the, the regulators are telling them that crypto is a scam, but they've done the research. They know that it's not. They think it's really promising. They think it's really exciting. They think that they're going to make huge returns because obviously, you know, crypto's gone from zero to multi-trillion dollar asset class. So, you know, obviously the percentage returns on people that have been a part of the journey so far are really, really high on a percentage basis. Um, and people think they're going to do that. And I think some people, they don't even necessarily think that they're going to beat the market. But the culture here is to try and to be self-determinate. You know, they, they may not even think that they're going to beat the market, but they're going to die trying. So people don't necessarily want to buy uh, index products because they think they're early and they think they're going to beat the market um, or that, you know, and that, that pervasive culture has hurt, broadly speaking. And then another huge headwind, obviously, is uh, the regulatory environment uh, has really held us back from kind of getting distribution partnerships with the, the fintechs of the world that would really unlock uh, a new user base for us. And people that don't have that same self-determinant DGEN score or like celebrate their DGEN score type of culture, that's a much better product market fit for index products. So in the US, it's been extremely unfriendly for people that, that want to um, that want to offer crypto products to their user base. Um, and for us, since we have these structured products that kind of look and smell a little bit different than just a plain uh, governance token, you know, the, our assets are redeemable for, for other assets, there's been even more uncertainty for, for kind of a, a fintech of the world to say like, mm, can I offer an on-chain index to my users? The answer is, we have no idea. We're not sure. The regulatory uncertainty is such that you have no idea what you're allowed to do or not. You don't know if the SEC is going to sue you. Or if they're gonna, you know, so we've started to to make some nice um, inroads into that market a little bit outside of the U.S. We, we're, we've been integrated with eToro recently. Uh, it's been a huge, huge win for us. They're a pretty, pretty large fintech platform, kind of based out of Europe. Um, so we're able to offer DeFi and Metaverse exposure to their users, and so far it's been a really, really strong success. Uh, they've seen pretty good. Uh, kind of uptake rate when, when they when they promote the product to people, people are generally pretty interested in it. Like, oh, diversified exposure to, to Web3. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. That's like sounds like something that I want to have in my portfolio. Can you go into that more? I didn't even know about this. So eToro, I'm familiar with what eToro is. You're saying like on their their native app, you know, like when somebody goes on their website, they can be like, oh, I want to get this index of crypto tokens. That's right. Yeah, we, we were onboarded, uh, I think, in October of uh, 2023 as kind of a, we were able to offer our smart portfolio so essentially, you can go on eToro, uh, you can search index or, the, you know, they push it to people sometimes uh, on kind of the home page and whatnot. But we're, we're on there as one of many kind of smart portfolio providers. And basically, our offering uh, gives people diversified exposure to Bitcoin, ETH, and then DeFi and Metaverse. Um, so it's essentially our DPI index and MVI index that are that are added on eToro. Uh, it works a little bit differently because they have kind of have their own. Uh, exchange built into eToro and not every single asset that is in the DPI index and the MVI index is offered there. But the ones that are offered, you know, we've built kind of a, a smart portfolio that gives you uh, exposure to Bitcoin, ETH, essentially DPI and MVI, uh, kind of in one click on eToro's fintech platform. So eToro's essentially using their own liquidity. It's like almost a specialized product. Is that what you're saying? It's not like they're clicking that button and it's buying it on chain. Yeah, basically it, it takes the same methodology that we have out there for DPI and MVI. And it's like, okay, I'm going to follow, you know, 
I'm going to give these people diversified exposure to DeFi and Metaverse, the ones that Index Group has selected. Um, but only, you know, there's just a few that are that are missing from that are in like the MPI index on chain uh, that just aren't offered uh, within eToro because, yeah, they source liquidity from their own kind of uh, centralized exchange, essentially, rather than being able to buy every single token on Uniswap or any decentralized exchange like our index products do. So to kind of go back to what you were saying earlier, your user base isn't the like gambling degenerate kind of typical, uh, really high risk tolerant. Uh, crypto user, but it's actually a very average user. And by average, I mean like the majority of people. By definition, average is is most people. And in average people, they do. They, they, they invest in really boring things like indexes. And indexes, even crypto, like a normal index, what's it doing? Like, I don't know, 5%, 6% a year, maybe. Um, and what's like your guys' top performing index done? Um, I mean, essentially, it does what ETH does. That's, you know, uh, obviously we've got a ETH2X Fly product that, you know, I think uh, maybe an interesting stat, BTC2X Fly over the last one year uh, has done over 100% return, you know, in, in a single year because Bitcoin's done really well. And if you had leverage exposure to Bitcoin, you're doing pretty darn well. You know, I mentioned the average holding period, you know, it's supposed to be a little bit lower, but guess what? If BTC goes up over one year, BTC2X Fly is going to go up even more. What about DeFi Pulse Index? What's that done over the last year? The maybe the more like important thing for DPI, or I guess like the the larger headwind has been its performance against ETH. Um, okay. But over the last year, DPI has gone up 32%. So yeah, that's that's probably more than the S and P 500. That is way more than the S and P 500. And that's a great, and that's what I mean. Like it's a, it's a, it's a safer, boring product. Like, you know, even if it's doing in line with ETH, you're not just investing in ETH, right? Like you're diversified across multiple different tokens. And so inherently, like you have a measure of safety that maybe you don't have if you're just in Bitcoin or ETH. It's a different product with a dis different um, kind of risk vector. And so if you look at somebody and they're like, okay, I can invest in the S&P 500 index, or I can invest in this large cap, you know, index coop index. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of people that like, maybe they're scared of investing in crypto, but they would feel comfortable investing in something like that. And, you know, if, if they could make 30% in a year, oh my gosh, they like, they just outperformed the stock market by like, you know, three years, <laughs> which is pretty, pretty hefty, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I would say, um, not financial advice, obviously I'm not a financial advisor, but just doesn't need to be either or, right? Like most people have exposure to the, most people that do invest have exposure to the stock market through kind of, you know, whatever their 401ks, maybe they've got a little bit of, you know, got a retirement fund, but they, want to, they still want to dabble in crypto. So um, just take a small percentage of your portfolio and instead of just punting it on a couple of, you know, tokens that you heard about that, like Google pushed you some random ads about Dogecoin and like, oh, maybe I'll like take a flyer on that. Um, you can get diversified exposure to, to crypto assets as well. And yeah, like you mentioned, DPI, DPI has, has Outperformed. It has a much higher beta than the S and P 500, for example. Uh, obviously, all these crypto assets are extremely volatile and have um, when they go up, they go up a lot. So you, you want to be in these markets uh, over the long term. Buy the index group large cap index. IC21 gives you you know broad broad exposure to, to all of those assets. And and yeah, when when crypto goes up, if if you're a long term bull on crypto, which if you're listening to this podcast, you you probably are, um, you want to hold that for a long time. And if you have a long time horizon, an index product is, is a great way to get diversified exposure while not having to take a bunch of taxable events by like trying to kind of swim around and, and you know, chase different different kind of narratives and pumps and dumps um, yourself. So if, if you can buy something that, that 
gives you a diversified exposure that lowers the volatility a little bit that you can feel more comfortable just holding and not selling when it goes down. That's how you win uh, in the long run. This seems like such a killer fit. I know so many friends that they'd, they'd never invest in crypto, but they would definitely invest in something like this. So many people. But I, I would imagine the one thing holding them back has to be it is not easy for someone not in the crypto space to go on chain and buy one of these things. So I, I mentioned earlier, have you ever considered or talked about like integrating with a wallet? I know MetaMask has their snaps, maybe making a snap or talking with a company like Rabi or um, Phantom or, you know, some of these wallets, I feel like that's a great value add for them. Like, hey, by the way, in the wallet, you can buy this index uh, that gives you exposure. I, I, I don't know why they wouldn't want to add that. Have you considered that or? Yeah, we, we, we have had pretty successful partnerships uh, with some wallets. Uh, I think Rainbow Wallet has got the DPI index kind of featured on their Explore page for a long time since I think 2020 or maybe 2021 is when they first rolled that out. So they've been, they've been a good partner of ours. Zarion is another good one. Uh, in their Explore page, there's a DeFi indexes tab um, that we occupy most of the, the top slots on because it has all of, the, all of the index tokens that exist and Index Group is the leader in on-chain index products. So, yeah, I mean, wallets are definitely are a great entry point for people that already have a wallet. But, you know, I think a, a, an even larger pump for, for some people is that they don't even have a wallet to begin with. Right. They haven't. Maybe they've been on a centralized exchange and they bought on Coinbase. They bought on Revolut in Europe uh, is a bigger one. Maybe even on eToro. Thankfully, they can get exposure to index products there. But um, if they don't have a wallet, then it's you can't get exposure to our assets because we're we're not listed on uncentralized exchanges because these these folks have not uh, felt comfortable to necessarily approve our assets. Um, we had one big win in, in 2022, I think, of getting DPI listed on Gemini. But Gemini has since gone downhill. Um, you know, the uh, they got, got caught in the, the fallout from the FTX saga, from the Celsius saga, uh, Genesis and all that. Um, I won't get too, too deep into it, but um, centralized exchanges are a huge, huge entry point. We've got applications in with Coinbase's, the Binance's of the world um, for our products. And it's a long, slow process um, to try and get our, our stuff approved. But yeah, that, but that'd be huge. I think, I think that'd be a huge win for them as well. Like just to be able to, it could really help change the narrative for them that they, you know, they get grilled by Congress and whatnot about like, oh, like, you know, you were offering what coin, Shiba something, and uh, you know, the volatility is this many thousand percent. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, that's what that's what uh, our users have demanded because they see the huge green chart and they chase that. But if they were able to to promote, you know, on their front page, like, hey, like maybe like calm down, maybe just buy a diversified basket of these crypto assets. The volatility is so high that you're going to be just fine with this. It's going to be plenty for you. I think that a lot of brands, a lot of um, business development and marketing teams that I talk to are like, yeah, you know what, that we would like to offer that to our users that that would like that would maybe make um, the average person scrolling past our ad more likely to actually click it and go through and being like, oh, look, they're, they have some diversified indexes. Like, actually, you know, maybe my financial advisor recommended that I buy the S&P 500 a few years ago. I did it. And like, that's actually gone pretty well for me and my family. So maybe that's something that I'd, I'd like to repeat on chain as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I literally couldn't agree more. I, I also, you mentioned good for the space, uh, you know, with regulators and things like that. I, I imagine having just, most people don't even know there's like multiple facets to crypto. They think meme coins, gambling, and kind of like general degeneracy. I don't think they understand that like there are these unique sectors. Like one of the most exciting ones to me is like the DSI sector. It's, it's really small. You couldn't have an index for it right now. 
Um, but decentralized science is really, really cool. And like some of the things that they're building and doing are really awesome. And obviously people are starting to take note of the deep end sector where you have like uh, this decentralized physical infrastructure that, um, you know, you have Helium now uh, launching this mobile plan. They're, I think they're growing by like 200 users like a day or something. I don't know, something crazy like that. Um, and, and it's actually a pretty cool, really cheap uh, mobile plan. So you have these kind of real world products being built or Sweatcoin. I don't know if you ever heard of that, but they have 140 million users. It's crazy. And it just helps people, incentivize people to work out more. And they got a deflationary token, good tokenomics. So you have these products hitting, um, you know, hitting the shelves that are actually useful, that actually retail actually loves. And I think that's going to increase and in getting more exposure and kind of knowledge of these various facets of of crypto, I think is useful for everyone. And uh, even like I'm full time in the space, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around everything that's going on. And you know, you you simplify it, you simplify it, and the, and the bigger it gets, the more it does need to be categorized, and the more it does need to be simplified. And I think index is just primed. I think you guys are early, but I think you guys are primed for for what is coming. Um, I want to kind of switch gears and talk about the index token. So can you explain what is the index token? And kind of what are the how is it used within the ecosystem? Sure, yeah, the, the index token. We've got a governance token called Index. Um, when Index Group was first launched, um, again, Set Protocol and DeFi Pulse were kind of the co-founders. They created this token and the kind of the genesis was given out to all of the early liquidity providers for that DPI index. So people would buy the DPI index and provide liquidity on Uniswap V2, I believe is what it was around uh, back in, in these times. And you got rewarded in index for doing so. So it was a nice way to kind of bootstrap and reward the first early users, the early power users of the DPI index um, with this index token. So they were actually getting ownership of the protocol. Um, really like revolutionary idea early in crypto, right? Was you actually earn ownership in the things that you use as a user. You're able to be rewarded in, in, in that token that, um, owning the thing that you use. You own a PC internet, very cool. So this index token has been around since 2020. Uh, we use it for governance, meaning when, when people want to propose a new index, it goes up in our governance forum and the holders of index are the decision makers. They get to decide whether this is a good idea or not. You get to vote yes or no um, on all of the products that we launch on any sort of governance decision. Um, it's kind of the, the largest use case for index. And there's also a concept of meta governance. So there are many governance tokens within the DPI index, the MVI index, et cetera. Um, and the governance power for those tokens is held in the smart contract for the product. It doesn't flow through to the holders of the index. It flows to the holders of the index token instead. So um, when Uniswap or Maker has a vote on their governance forum um, that the Uni holders or the MKR holders for Maker gets a vote on, um, we have a vote on our forum. And the index holders get to vote on what they think Uniswap should do for that governance uh, decision. And the index holders get to wield the governance power of all the governance tokens locked within the index uh, as well. So the most interesting use case of this was uh, a while back, um, Rari, no, Faye, uh, Faye and Rari eventually merged, but Faye Protocol wanted to get their stablecoin, Faye listed onto Aave. Um, there was a proposal out on the Ave forum, and they wanted to make sure that they voted yes because they wanted their stable coins to get added to that lending market. So what they did is they bought up a bag of index and then used that index to vote yes on the Ave governance uh, posts. And then you know they they bought 
uh, let's say, whatever, 10 units of index, and they got to wield 100 units of governance power based on buying just that 10. So it was like levered uh, meta governance to get their own thing approved. It's one use case of the index token. Um, we're kind of always thinking of more. More recently, uh, we just launched an integration with UMA protocol last last uh, week for trust minimized reweighting, basically um, informing the rebalances of our products. So we rebalanced the the diversified staked ETH index last week to add two new liquid staking tokens because Swell Network um, and, and others have been have been added to the, to the index. So we had to kick off a new auction rebalance to add those new tokens into the index. Now, how do we specify in that auction um, what weights DSE should be at, right? How much of, of, of the RETH token, how much of the Lidos token, how much of these new, new Swell ones? Um, we used UMA for this decentralized reweighting uh, procedure where basically people can kind of, um, so we, we publish the methodology on chain for what DSEs should be. We publish the rules and then people have to go, uh, and follow those rules and figure out, okay, based on the criteria here, it looks like it should be 28% RETH, 22% Lido safety, da, 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 da. submit that on chain. Um, and then it will be verified by other users on chain saying, yes, that is correct or not. And the mechanism for that is, is an index bond. So if you want to propose, okay, I believe that based on these rules, the weights of DSEs should be 28% this, 22% that, blah, blah, blah. I've got to put up, say, 100 index tokens. I've got to put up a bond. And then if someone who wants to challenge my submission, they've got to put up an index bond as well. And then whoever is right gets their own index back and a share of the other person's index bond uh, as well. So there's, there's a lot of kind of... Um, new space to play with, with, with governance tokens. Uh, that's, that's one example that we just put in place in the last couple of weeks, uh, for a use case for the index token. I feel like governance is really perfect for what you guys are doing. Uh, especially considering there's such a weight in like being able to, for one, be included in, in an index, like maybe not today, but imagine in the future, kind of like far out, you guys are $500 billion TVL, you know, like it's just huge. You guys are massive because that's that's typically how indexes work. Like they acquire a lot of the mind share because most people, the average person doesn't want to deal with all these things. And so a lot of money gets locked up in these things. And so, um, you know, it, it is a big deal. Like, hey, if you're a token or you're a project and you want to vote and you want to like be able to say, hey, we want to be an index around us or we want to be included in this index or you're proposing a new index or different things like that. Governance is a really powerful thing. And then like you mentioned, meta governance, that's huge. That's that's like um, convex, you know, convex, um, convex holders are often paid, it's, it's called bribes, but it's like more like incentives to essentially vote because they don't want it, they don't care about their votes. Most of these holders don't even know like how to use these votes. But you'll have somebody like Frax, it's like, hey, we want more incentivized, um, we want more incentives to go to our Frax pool because we want to incentivize more liquidity for Frax. And so what will happen is, is they'll like pay Say they want like, you know, a million dollars of liquidity. Well, they can pay like $500,000 to incentivize voters. And then, you know, it kind of doubles their money by getting that, um, th those incentives. So, you know, the, the meta governance is actually huge. The bigger and more powerful you guys get, the more those things are uh, useful. But also it's kind of cool that it's decentralized and you have, you do have this DAO and this governance because that's a lot of power for any one entity to yield. That's, that is what BlackRock does. They, they wield a lot of voting power over these boards, and it, it causes a lot of things to kind of skew in, in their favor, uh, where, where with this, uh, holders of index, they get to decide those things. And so it breaks apart that power, separates it out, but also makes the token incredibly useful 
uh, because of it. So that, that's cool. I didn't, I didn't even think about meta governance until you mentioned it. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Index sits at the center of the ecosystem, you know, uh, with our products kind of uh, represent the, the largest players and the largest sectors on chain. How big do you see crypto index funds getting in the future, uh, considering, you know, how big, you know, traditional index funds are? Yeah, there's no doubt that index products have really won in a huge way over the last several decades um, in traditional finance space. And we see similar things starting to, to point uh, in that direction on chain as well. I mean, I think, I don't know, because I don't know what the regulatory environment is going to look like one year from now. I don't know what the wallet infrastructure is going to look like one year from now. Are we going to finally have, you know, uh, much more user friendly user experience for people to, to use self-custody and to be on chain, or are we going to bundle bungle it? Uh, and people are going to have to use custodians instead because the seed phrase thing is too complicated. And, and you know, the social recovery hasn't been implemented well in wallets, but, um, the more successful crypto is in reaching a mainstream audience, the more successful we are in breaking into more and more people's portfolios, the more people are going to want to opt towards uh, index products that simplify their lives. So the more and more successful crypto is in, in breaking into the mainstream, the more successful index products will be. Uh, the stats are pretty nuts as, as far as what percentage of kind of assets are in um, passive strategies in the ETF world. So right now we're at like 0.1% of the total crypto market cap is in uh, on-chain index products. And I think it's at least 20% of assets in Europe right now for what percentage of assets are in kind of passive uh, ETFs. So uh, there's a hell of a lot of room to go up from here as far as the, the share of index products. I don't know what it'll level off at um, in the near future, but there's a lot of rooms to climb. And I'm bull I'm really bullish on on-chain activity. If you really think about like a mobile phone, hand it to your grandma who's never used one. And it's really complicated to her. She's actually like, how do you use this? How do you turn it on? How, how do I use any of the functions and features? You don't think it's complicated because you're used to it. And if you actually, you know, on-chain can be complicated and it can be risky and there are really bad UX UI things. But there, it, there's also actually benefits that make it easier. Like I actually prefer, I have a hard time actually going on like, um, you know, uh, TD Ameritrade and buying Coinbase stock. Like I, I meant to for a long time, but I'm like, I don't want to go through all the hassle of like setting up my account and going through all this, you know, stuff. So there's actually some inherent advantages. Like once you get used to on-chain, once you learn how to do it, it's pretty easy. Like, you, you know, you know what you, to do and I can go quickly buy anything, buy something. I don't have to worry about all this kind of complicated uh, baggage maybe that comes with buying something traditionally. I, I think right now we do have things like security that, that limit people back. Like you don't want to feel like you're going to always get hacked. There's too many of these like airdrop links that, that drain people's wallets. That's got to get fixed. Uh, but, but I'm seeing it getting fixed. Like MetaMask wallet was like, it's, it's clunky. I, I don't enjoy it. But like some of these newer wallets like Rabi, like they tell you, hey, by the way, your wallet's going to get drained from this transaction. Boom. That's a huge UI UX upgrade. It shows you all your assets across every single chain. Huge UI UX upgrade. We have uh you know, chains like Polygon this year, they're going to, you're going to be able to use uh, multiple chains within the Polygon ecosystem. So you could have the, their X1 chain, the Polygon POS, like all these different things, they're all connected. They're not fractured anymore. So you could transfer between chains in sub five seconds as if you're using the same chain. So now suddenly all this bridging and all that gets abstracted away. Um, and then on the other front, like just bridging in general, you have cross-chain intents uh, that, you know, you don't have to have these huge multi-sigs holding all these assets. There's so many 
things being advanced in the UX UI department for crypto. That's going to make this next cycle just like a hundred times easier than last cycle. And I think the next cycle after that and the next cycle after that, it's just going to continue to get better and better and better to where, yeah, everyone is going to want to be on chain. And the younger generations, uh, there's this thing called the great wealth transfer where, you know, you, the, the majority of the money is held by these really old generations. They have so much money and capital, but they're going to eventually pass away. And that capital is going to the younger generations and they don't want to buy stocks. They don't want to go, you know, sit in a boring index on, uh, on a stock market. They want to buy crypto. They want to YOLO into meme coins. But you know what? They're going to be a little bit responsible and they're going to say, hey, I'm going to stick the majority, maybe 70% into this crypto index, uh, maybe, you know, 20% into Bitcoin or whatever. And then I'll play maybe with 1% around in some meme coins and I'll, I'll do my own little thing over here. But I, but I do think it's going gonna, it's gonna to calm down, tame, tame down a bit. And I think the younger generations are going to want to put their money into crypto. And, and they're, they're going to be used to being on chain. So yeah, to me, that, that sounds like an exciting future when you, when you look at index and saying, hey, you're, you're here early, um, but you're, you're, in the, you're going the right direction. So that gets me pretty pumped. Yeah, I think the largest use case of on chain is transparency, pretty, pretty clearly um, in my eyes. I think an interesting development last week, the Bitcoin ETF approved and who were trying to track the flows into these, these new nine Bitcoin ETFs that were all approved. And it's like, 24, 36 hours after launch, like the question is like, how many assets flowed into these ETFs? And the answer was, I don't know. Like we've got to wait. I don't know. Someone's doing some paperwork overnight and like eventually maybe we'll be able to tell you roughly how many assets were in these things, but we can't really track the flows that well. Uh, yeah. I mean, with a great wealth transfer coming to this, this younger digital first generation, like they expect to be able to see what's going on with their money. Like I think we take it to be pretty, pretty self-evident that we should be able to see where assets are and be able to look things up online to see what's actually happening. Um, so that, you know, blockchains have got that part absolutely nailed. The UX is still kind of in progress to make it accessible to more people. But if you have a wallet, you've been able to figure out how to secure your seed phrase, you're early, you're, you're front running everyone else. Um, and, you know, more and more these these institutions are kind of um, realizing that the transparency of blockchains um, the efficiency of blockchains is clearly kind of the future of the, of the financial system. I, I, I could not agree more. The transparency, being able, it, it won't even be transparency like it is today. Like today, everyone can see what's in your wallet. It's really annoying. We're going to have transparency in the future where like with Aave, with Index, with some of these bigger protocols, you'll know what they're holding. But maybe as a user, you have privacy where you're, you know, you can have privacy with your, your bank account, your wallet. I think people are going to be able to transact like as if they have a bank account on chain. And that's just going to be a normal thing. Uh, you have the speed. You mentioned like people having to fill out paperwork in traditional finance, all, the money having to move slowly, like in the real world, that all gets gone. That's all gone. Um, and when the UI and UX is better than TradFi, like boom, it, it's just over. And, and, and then you have the neutrality, like uh, you, the current financial system and the current way that the monetary you know, policy in the US works is it gives a huge advantage to a certain class of people, a certain subset, like it's the government, um, the, the people that are that are, have the power right now, they accumulate more power because they are the bank and monopoly. They control the bank and they do whatever they want. And this this makes it neutral, it makes it more fair, more open. And I, I think it spurs more innovation because of it. And it's just going to attract more and more capital into it, you know, as we go forward. So I'm really excited. What what are you most excited about with index moving forward? So like looking out over the next two years, what gets you really excited? You're like, man, this I'm really pumped about this thing with index. For, yeah, for me, it's it's about it's all about accessibility. I think um, making our products accessible to more and more people. That's what really gets me fired up by Index generally is we can build 
um, you know, the best strategy we can. Um, and we can offer it with one click. We can offer it to everyone in the world with an internet connection. You can go to nsgroup.com, connect your wallet, and get you know exposure to the, the same strategy that uh, you know the most sophisticated kind of fund manager is, is trying to to do with with ETH staking, with diversified ETH staking. With we've got an ETH trend index uh, that we just launched with CoinDesk. That's probably my most excited. What I'm most excited for right now. Um, we launched the NXGroup CoinDesk ETH trend index. Um, basically, what this does is takes advantage of price trends of ETH. Um, so it allocates back and forth between ETH and USDC based upon what's happening in the markets. So CoinDesk has created this ETH trend indicator. Uh, they've been running it for a, a while now, more, more than more than a, a year or two. Um, I, I interviewed the the creator of it, Todd Groth, when we launched the product back in, uh, I think, November was, was when we, we launched it. But basically, um, it, it puts out, are we in a strong uptrend? Are we in a slight uptrend? Are we neutral? Are we going down? Are we in a significant downtrend? And the product will automatically rebalance between ETH and USDC um, based upon what the trend is. So, you know, is ETH higher than it was yesterday? That's one check. Is ETH higher than it was last week? That's one check. Is, is it higher than it was two weeks ago? And then um, we'll, we'll look up kind of those scores, how are we trending, and then allocate accordingly. So right now we're kind of early in a market cycle where people right now kind of want exposure to ETH uh, all the way up. They're not necessarily worrying about managing their downside risk at the time. But as we go through the cycle, if we have another down cycle, another crypto winner kind of at the tail end of the cycle, that's where this product will absolutely shine. Um, it will allow people to stay in the market uh, by holding this ETH trend index and, and not have to sell out and take the tax, taxable gain and then, you know, or take a huge 80% loss or something like that if, if uh, ETH really trends down. So that's like the, the product that I'm most excited about right now. And then generally, how do we make that more accessible to more people? How do we get integrated in more and more wallets and front ends and every DEX aggregator across the, the landscape? How do we get these products available on layer twos is another huge focus for me right now. Um, there's more and more kind of um, cross-chain checkout or multi-chain transaction tooling kind of being integrated in, into, into the world. So we're kind of refreshing our app site right now. We just relaunched kind of our, our um, new swap interface where it toggles between swapping and flash minting automatically on app.nextgroup.com um, where you can buy our products. And I'm looking forward to adding more support for layer twos there to make it as simple as possible for anyone that has assets on any layer two to be able to buy an index product and have it delivered to their wallet on the L2 of their choice um, without ha ha us having to go create a liquidity pool on all these layer twos, which that's like the main constraint of why we haven't been on all these layer twos right now. We don't have the capital to create our own you know, LP position for all 10 of our indexes on all these different layer twos. It's just not, not feasible. So increasing accessibility of our powerful structured products to people is what I'm excited about. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, your only options if you didn't have the liquidity would be to do some sort of like, almost like receipt on that other chain that points back to Ethereum, or you could do something like how Layer Zero has their like burnable tokens. I forget what they, they call them, but it's like you burn the token. Uh, we have the OFT, Omnichain yeah, yeah. Fungible Token. The Omnichain tokens. Uh, I'm curious, what, what tokens or like projects besides Index are you like, excited about interested in if it's not a token it could just be like hey this project is doing some cool things that get me excited or just for fun i've always been a really huge fan of notional finance and fixed rate lending um especially just with how kind of volatile crypto markets are being able to lock in a fixed rate of return um is huge for 
maybe a, a more sophisticated audience um, on chain. Uh, it's something that we have kind of been experimenting with with building in for for a long time. Uh, I really like Notional Finance as one, and then Rhino.Fi, which you know, a little bit of a plug for us because they're one of our main like distribution partners right now, but. I really, really like their model where it's sort of like this like hub and spoke distribution model where they will kind of buy up our index tokens, mint them on chain, bridge them over to their roll up. And then essentially like they're set up a little trading outpost there that anybody can access. You can deposit into RhinoFi from any layer two. Um, and then your assets are kind of held on their layer two. It's still self-custody in your own wallet, but they've, they've built this own little, their, their little Starkware roll up. I really, really like that distribution model. So there's there's kind of a curated environment there of a lot of different uh, products, different strategies, different DeFi strategies there that um, makes a lot more sense to me than kind of the currently fragmented L2 uh, liquidity environment. So that's another one that uh, I really enjoy. If people want to learn more about Index and kind of stay up to date, what's the best place they can go? Indexgroup.com, sign up for our newsletter, um, follow us on socials. We're really active on, on Twitter. Uh, as well as Lens, if you have a Lens profile, uh, we post a, a good bit there as well. But yeah, we have Discord as well, if you're a big Discord fan. Um, not everyone is, but if, if you're in crypto, you likely are. So you can join the Index Group Discord, the links in our link tree, um, if you if you go on socials or, or uh, on our website. And we've got a program called the Index Insiders. If you hold more than $1,000 of our products, you can join the Index Insiders, a small little kind of environment within our Discord uh, where you can kind of talk directly to our product team, get access to um, products when they're still in beta. You can give us feedback on products that we're kind of still developing. Um, the Index Insiders is probably the, the highest signal place to kind of uh, interact with uh, our team and a community of holders, right? Everyone that, that holds uh, over $1,000 of, of Index products uh, is in there. And you, you can chat with your fellow index holders about the, the future of finance.